Hey guys, happy Friday. Whew. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling the energy of the world and uh, feeling everyone's heaviness and all the craziness going on. And I just want to remind everyone that we were all made for this time, whether you realize it or not, and we all chose to be here. So we're all going to get through this. And I'm sending everyone so much love and light. Stay in your strength, stay in your sovereignty. And if there's anything I can say to you, no matter what side of things you're on, no matter where you see things, speak your truth and don't let anyone censor you. Don't let anyone tell you it's not your truth. Speak your truth. It's yours. So I just had to say that. Um, that being said, I chose to pick an episode that's kind of more funny and um, light, if you will, because I think we all need it going into the weekend and after all the crazy things going on today and certain speeches and things that happened, um, I know people are really feeling it. So without further ado, I have the anxiety couple. I hope they help give you less anxiety with this episode and you have some good laughs and get some good tips from this. And as always, please make sure you're subscribed to Everything with Allie Levine, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Screenshot this episode, tag us on social at Everything with Allie Levine and at Allie Levine Design so we can share and share the love. And if you haven't already, please leave a review. I would love to get to my 300 reviews. I'm almost there. I will read a new review next week when I have a little bit more energy. Not going to lie, guys. Today's collective energy has really, I've been feeling it. People have been DMing me left and right. Uh, and I'm feeling everyone and I'm just sending so much love to everyone. And I know it's heavy. I feel it too. So I hope this episode lifts you guys up and, um, I hope you guys are enjoying the latest guests. I'm feeling the need to go deeper. I have a lot more projects in the works when it comes to the podcast and I'll be announcing some new things soon. So I hope you guys have a great weekend and I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything, from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. Guys, I have two incredible guests with me. I am so excited to be interviewing them. I have Scott and Haiti, the anxiety couple, and you guys probably know them because they've got quite viral on their, you know, YouTube, TikTok situation and have blown up all over on the social space, Instagram, Facebook. But I want to tell you guys a little bit about them in case you don't know them. So the anxiety couple started in November, 2018, when the real life couple, Scott and Haiti created a YouTube channel to share points of view on the smaller moments of their lives as they dealt with anxiety, panic disorders, OCD agoraphobia, and other mental health challenges. In almost three years since their debut, Scott and Haiti's followers have grown to more than 7 million fans on TikTok, more than 150,000 followers on Instagram, and more than 2,000 supporters on Facebook. Some of the brands they work with include Whataburger, Filmora, Stereo App, Huntsman Farm, and so much more. Scott and Haiti continue to live and work together on the anxiety couple while co-parenting 
their son, Skylar, and Hades' son, Jaden, from a former relationship. They're engaged to be married soon. Congrats, guys. And they really, I have to say, you guys, I just from meeting them in the last few minutes, they are all about mental health, helping others, bringing into a space where you don't feel alone and you can be vulnerable. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with them. So guys, welcome to my show. Well, thank you for having us. Um, that's that's a pretty cool intro. <laughs> um, <laughs> spoke really highly about us. And every time, you know, anybody ever talks about us or, you know, reads anything about us, we always get like really like giddy. Um, and it feels, I don't know, it's such an unreal feeling, but thank you for having us. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, I love how humble you guys are. And, you know, I think that that also is a huge part of a lot of people's success is when they get that giddy feeling and they're like, oh, wow, that's me. You know, and you're pinching yourself in that moment. It's like, you're doing all this work. You're helping so many people. You're going viral. You're, you know, following is growing and growing, but the fact that you stay humble and you stay so real, I'm sure so many feel so connected to you. So I would love to dive right in. Like, why don't you guys share a little bit more about your story, why it was so important for you to decide to share and create this channel together as a couple to share these, you know, types of mental health disorders that so many of us have and go through and like, why the anxiety couple? Like, I would just love for you to start there. Well, it started off with, it was like a Saturday, Sunday. it was like a Saturday, Sunday, my fiance and I weren't working. And then randomly there was this challenge going on on YouTube called the candy kissing challenge. Yeah. Um, and we've been wanting to start a YouTube channel for the longest time. I used to have one before where I would just fill my life with, with my panic disorder um, and just talk about it. But that channel ended up, I ended up deleting it. So um, I had told um, my fiance about it and she was like, we should, we should just do it. And I don't know, we, we filmed it, we uploaded it. And ever since then we came up with the name anxiety couple since I have anxiety panic disorder. Um, my, my fiance has OCD. Um, and we just really wanted to start a couples channel. We wanted to help people. And ever since the start of that journey, we've helped out thousands of people. We become, we, we actually have somebody, I mean, um, I don't know if I can say her name, but she became like a sister to us. We've helped her through the lowest part of her life when she was going through certain situations um, with mental health. And we changed her now she's able to, you know, function normally, I guess how you would call it. Um, we have many other people that we consider brothers and sisters also that we change their lives with mental health. Um, and I don't know, I just, I just find it cool that we're able to share parts of our lives and share the journey and all the ups and downs um, through all the struggles of life and everybody's able to relate to us without ever, you know, having to um, seem very unreal or fake because everything we do is just how we are and people seem to love it, which is an amazing feeling. Yeah, I love that. That's so awesome. And I love that, you know, it just started on a random, you know, Saturday, Sunday, like, you know, I think it's the coolest stories when you get to talk to people. And I do all these, you know, interviews with hundreds of people and getting to hear like, oh, you know, it was just something that was important to me and something I was going through. And so we just decided like, hey, let's talk about it or hey, let's create content off this. And I really think that there's such a need for that right now, especially after everything that, you know, people have been through in the last year or year and a half or whatever it may be, you know, they are looking for those real conversations, those real life situations that we're all in to know that we truly are in this together and not alone. So when you talk about, you know, having panic attacks and things like that, like for you, was that 
was it hard to be vulnerable to start sharing that and, you know, putting it out there? And I'm sure you didn't imagine so many eyeballs and people would be watching and listening. Like, what was that like for you? And, and did you have, um, were you, I guess, I don't want to say afraid, but did you um, notice with yourself, like any um, triggers or any kind of type of like your own vulnerabilities where it was like, oh my God, I just put all this stuff out there. And now all those people are like so interested in, and watching and listening, but like now here I am like, oh my gosh, I, I'm this vulnerable. Like, you know what I'm getting at? Yeah. Um, well, it, it's funny. Um, everything with how I started, I started maybe like 10, yeah, maybe like 10 years ago where I almost died of dehydration and almost went into cardiac arrest when I was uh, working out. And I think I went to caffeine overdose too. And that triggered something mentally where my panic attack started ever since that moment about 10 years ago. I've, I've been in and out of hospitals um, for a, in a, in about a three year span. I went, I went to the ER roughly maybe 20, 30 times and just, I'd say like six months. Um, so I could just imagine, I could count them on my fingers. Uh, well, I can't count on my fingers how many times I've ever been to, to an ER with panic attacks, but um, I've, been in, I've been in a psychiatric hospital um, for my panic attacks and everything that I've been through um, uh, with the medications and stuff that have helped me when I started talking about it and when I started sharing like a real panic attack that I had and we uploaded on YouTube everything just became so much easier and when people started sharing their stories and I started sharing mine it, it just clicked and I, I just said I want to do this for the rest of my life it's it, it was such an unreal feeling of how I was able to make people smile and laugh and at the same time, you know, realizing that, you know, they're not alone because I have, I have chronic depression too. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not normal per se, you know, I'm, I have struggles in life and even though everything seems fine behind the camera, you know, it's, it's not. And I'm real open about that too, where I have my moments where I just want to sit in a closet and just be by myself for hours, you know, just because I can't deal with stuff that's going on through my head during the day or when stress happens. And I, I talked really openly. At first, I was scared that I would be judged, but uh, my fiance was, you know, she was there every single moment. And when she was sharing her story too with OCD and everything that she went through with uh, her sexual abuse, is that, is that really sexual abuse? I think so. Yeah, I think it's like her sexual abuse when she was younger. Um, and she started sharing that. And I saw how strong she was um, to even open up about that. It just made everything more easier for me to to like host meetings and share and not to be scared, you know, to put that part of my life out there. Um, yeah, so I think you know a lot a lot of it goes out to her for being there, holding my hand, and just being a a shoulder to carry me through everything. And I guess it goes like vice versa too. So yeah, yeah so she's a main part of why everything's you know we've been able to, to be there. And also when she had uh, when we had the newborn. Um, she went through, oh, you could talk about that. Well, first it was the alopecia. Remember? Oh, yeah, she went through alopecia too. Yeah, through alopecia. And I didn't really want to talk about it, but um, Scott was like, you should, like, maybe there's people that can help and give you advice. And I was very, like, um, vulnerable and I did not want to, like, show my bald spots, but he, like, pushed me to do it. And I'm glad he did because. Um, so many people came out and reached out to me and told me like I have alopecia too like you're so brave for coming out and so then after that I felt better also with my postpartum depression after the pregnancy 
that really um like I didn't really want to talk about it so much but I did and then like I I made a video where I it just completely opened up I cried on the video and everything and so many people related to me and they understood so that was a really good feeling too wow well thank you for sharing that and you know, a couple things that you guys, you know, discussed. So when you were saying that, you know, you're not quote unquote normal, you know, I think that that's something that we as a society and as a collective have to start like really normalizing that, like who the hell is normal? Like all of us have our own issues. All of us have our own baggage. All of us have even like traumas from our family that we're not even aware of. Like there's so much stuff within all of us that it's like, let's just normalize being vulnerable. Let's just normalize having conversations instead of just not feeling normal because you go through something. And, you know, something for me personally, I'm a very spiritual person and something I've learned in a lot of my journey is like, when you look at the higher consciousness and you look at your mind and how the mind really is everything. And you think about that and how we've been kind of taught by society to internalize everything and to just let it just be and fester instead of just releasing it like you guys are doing and moving through it and seeing the emotion and feeling it and allowing it to transmute. And then you're in a, such a better place. And then so is everyone else that you're encouraging to do so, you know? And, and so I love that you just, you know, you mentioned that because I think that a lot of times, not only do people feel so alone, but they forget about the fact that like, Hey, we're all in this in some way, shape or form. And, you know, we are supposed to release it. We are supposed to feel it. And so Haiti, you know, you mentioned about, you know, the alopecia and the postpartum depression. I can relate to postpartum depression. I had very heavy postpartum depression with my first daughter. And I literally um, started my podcast because of it, because I turned to my husband one night in bed and I said, I feel like I'm mourning the death of me. And he just stared at me. And I had felt like I had looked at him and like, release so much shit. Like I actually felt better in that moment that I actually was like owning it instead of being shameful of myself for feeling that way. And, you know, in that moment, then he realized, you know, I needed help and everything, but that's when I started being vulnerable and opening up on my show about how I was feeling and how dark it was. So I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey with that and what made you want to share that and what that was like for you. Because so I have so many moms that listen and it is so beyond normal. It is so something that so many moms sadly go through. And I think again, if this was something we vocalized and something we really felt like we could just feel and be in instead of feeling shameful and hiding it, it wouldn't be as big as it, it is for so many. And I know for me, like I was just filled with guilt and shame. So I would love to hear a little bit more about your journey within that. Yeah. So um, my pregnancy was great. Um, I mean, we had a lot of um, scares and then I was on bed rest and it was just the whole thing. But when it came down to the delivery, everything was going great um, until the doctor came in and she uh, she popped my, what was it, the membrane sac? Because my wife had already broken, so she popped the membrane sac and that's when everything went downhill. So um, basically my the cord came out it wanted to yeah like it literally came out and so the baby was he was trying to come out as well so he was pushing with his head he was pushing the cord and um his circulation and his heart rate everything started going down so they had to push him back inside me and they they rushed me to a c-section and i was so scared because everything was fine until that happened and then 
Scott was like, like he didn't know what was going on. And it felt like out of a movie, like they rushed me out of there and we were like holding hands until we couldn't anymore. And, and yeah, like they put me on the operating table within like two to three minutes, the baby was out. But it was so traumatizing because they literally just like cut me open. They, um, they took everything out. Like they didn't really prepare for it they they just like panicked and they just did what they could and so my recovery was really bad um I I couldn't do a lot of things I literally slept on the couch for how long for almost a month I slept on the couch for like a month because I could not sleep on the bed and then after that my womb like um so my c-section the cut it started leaking so I would have to go to the doctor like every week and she would probe it and then she would have to drain it and it hurt so bad I would literally like break down crying in her office and she would she would be there with me like holding my hand and she's like I'm so sorry like um it, it wasn't supposed to go this way it this um I know it was like very traumatizing for you like and it, it's crazy because the the head of what was it the head of the hospital she came in and she told us that that is something that never happened there and that it's like rare so she said that the fact that it happened to me was crazy and the fact that it I turned out okay and so did the baby is like a whole blessing because she said that it it rarely happens it's like one in million <laughs> that it happens and I was like what the heck like that's crazy so yeah, um, I, I went through, I ended up falling through postpartum depression because I just felt so useless. I felt like I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even breastfeed my baby, which is something I really wanted to do because with my first son, I couldn't. So I was very determined to breastfeed my son. And the fact that I couldn't even do that because it hurt. Um, I was able to breastfeed for two months and then I had to stop because well, two months and a half and then I had to stop because my breasts they were just hurt so bad and I was like how is this like I thought it I didn't think breastfeeding hurt that much I guess it's different for everyone but for me it literally hurt so bad I was always in pain all the time and I was I ended up going more depressed because I really wanted to breastfeed and the fact that I couldn't because it hurt so bad and I felt so selfish because I'm like it's either my pain or feeding my child so I took my pain because it was so bad I couldn't even sleep at night and I ended up taking some medication so my my breast could dry out and I felt so bad I remember I would cry to you so much because I'm like I just want to feed my child and I can't even do that and then um, my C-section wasn't getting any better. And I was just on bed rest for a very long time. And it was just a whole lot that happened. Um, and it was crazy, but I'm so glad that I was able to like get myself up. I did, the doctor was gonna prescribe me um, medication for postpartum, but I decided not to. I decided that I could do it on my own. So. Um, Scott really helped me a lot like mentally to get through it and um, just to help with my family so I didn't end up um, getting prescribed anything but yeah it was it was it was very hard wow well first off thank you for sharing and being so vulnerable 
Oh, I really had a heavy heart listening to that story because it's not mm-hmm. far off from my own. Um, you know, with Amelia, my firstborn, I had a C-section as well. And uh, most of my audience knows this, but, um, you know, to share with you, Hitty, you know, I, um, I wanted a water birth with my first daughter. I was very much convinced that's what it was going to be. And long story short, after laboring for 30 hours at the birth center, she was just stuck and was not coming down. And my midwife was like, you know what, we need to go to the hospital and get interventions. And so we went to the hospital and I tried for another 12 hours because I was determined to then at that point, just have her naturally at the hospital she came down twice and snapped back up and was just, it was not happening. And my doctor looked at me and was like, well, we could keep trying because she's safe and you're safe, but like, I don't know how this is going to go. And I'm not going to pretend like this is going to work out. And uh, so, you know, same thing, you know, I at least had a little bit of prep time because they let me know it was probably not going to happen. And so at 42 hours, I made the decision to have the C-section. And even though I made the decision, I remember just feeling so broken by it. And I remember the feeling of what you're speaking to of just being laying there and being like, oh my God, all this is happening to me. And it is, it's so fucking traumatic. And, you know, um, I remember even afterwards I could barely move and I, you know, was just laying in bed and I was in so much pain. I also was having trouble with nursing and, you know, the list just went on and I, and I feel for you because it took me nine weeks to recover at, you know, at my home as well. Every time I breastfeed, I was in pain because she was constantly kicking my scar and it was making me cry every time I couldn't stand to change her. I couldn't bathe her. Like there were so many things I couldn't do because I couldn't move. And I, you know, I I couldn't drive for nine to 10 weeks. I can get a bed for three weeks. So I feel for you. And I think that, you know, this is actually way more quote unquote normal than moms realize. And that, you know, when we share these stories, we realize like, oh my God, I had a similar situation to you too. And, you know, when I talk to their moms about this so many times, they've gone through postpartum depression as well. And I'm like, you know, there's such a connect from that, from the trauma of why that happens, because we go through trauma and then we don't do anything to get ourselves out of that trauma because we're a brand new mom and we're, you know, helping this new baby survive. And in a sense, I believe, you know, we're reborn as mothers, you know, every time we have a child. And so you're reborn as well. And you're trying to just survive. And then you're trying to help your child and you have no idea what you're doing. And there's just so many layers to it. And nobody really tells you like, this is what could happen. This is what could be emergency or not. And so, you know, I just want to tell you, like, you're a warrior and, you know, I really appreciate you sharing that story. And also, you know, major kudos to you for not getting on medication. I mean, look, everyone has, you know, different folks, different strokes, you know, everyone has their thing. Some people need it. Some people don't. I think it's amazing that you really honored yourself and said, I can do this. I can do this mentally. Again, going back to mindset, you know, leaned on your fiance, leaned on your family, your support system, and we're able to do it because I also had the same opportunity to be able to get on, you know, pharmaceutical drugs and I chose not to. And, you know, I was told that it was going to be extremely hard because I had very severe and I said, you know what, I, I don't want to be on it. I want to, you know, figure this out. And between for me, meditation and breath work and, you know, um, some CBD some days, um, it was, you know, it was a lifesaver for me. And that's why I say meditation changed my life. So I would love for you to share um, if you could some of the mindset things that you maybe did, maybe how he supported you, you know, just share for the audience, what are some things you did that you were able to, you know, use your mind and not have to get on prescription drugs? Yeah, so I know the moment that I knew I had postpartum depression is when I literally broke down and it's when Jaden was there. Um, My son, he's eight. 
um, he was, I was with the baby and I started crying and then Scott was there and Jaden was too. And I just broke down in tears. I could not stop crying. Like I was like hyperventilating. How, how do you say it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and my son hugged me and he's like, what's wrong mom? And I'm like, no, he was like, it's okay, mom, it's okay. And I'm like, I know, I know, I'm sorry. And um, um, I had to tell his dad, so my son's dad, I had to tell him, like, hey, I'm going through a lot right now. Like, I have postpartum depression. Um, I can't really handle this right now. So he, he's amazing. He took over. He helped me out a lot with my son. And so um, he's like, just, um, like, get better. And I was like, okay. But um, uh, Scott, he literally did everything he could to make me feel better. Um, I, like I said, I decided not to take the pills. So he did anything and everything he could to, I, we love traveling a lot, but since we couldn't, he like did a lot for me at home. Like he would make cute little dates, um, just sit on the couch because I couldn't really move. Um, he would put movies, take out, he would bring it in, um, we would eat food, we would just like, he, yeah, breathing exercises, he would do a lot just to get my mind off of me thinking a lot about how he can't really do anything. Um, you would meditate with that app, I forgot what app it was, but you would do a lot of meditating. Yeah, I, I did a lot of things, like uh, my sisters would come over a lot too, just to keep me company, because I felt very alone. So they would keep me company too. And it, it, was, it was a rough time, but at the same time, I learned a lot and I feel like I became stronger. And then, you know, what's funny is that I, I ended up talking to my doctor months later and I asked her, I'm like, why did you decide to pop my membrane sac? And she told me she didn't have to, that she just did it to speed up things. And I was so upset because I'm like, you put me like through so much and I, you didn't even have to do that. You could have just let me go on by myself and deliver as long as it would have taken. But she tried to speed up things and she just made everything worse. So, but I, at the same time, I feel like everything happens for a reason and this happened and now I feel like if it happens again with my next baby, I feel like I would be stronger and I would know how to handle things better. Absolutely. And I feel the same way. You know, I do believe that life happens for us, not to us. And when we change that mindset and we really look at things that way, we're able to see at a much higher perspective, you know, how do I move through this? How do I change things, you know, going forward? And what did I learn from this? And what is the lesson and possibly the blessing in this? And you know, I just want to tell you, you're so strong for going through that and, and, you know, being able to speak to that trauma and then doing the work again to move through it, to work through your trauma. And then not only to work through it, but then to share your story so vulnerably, you're helping so many by doing so. And you absolutely will be prepared, you know, for your next child. I have to say, I have my second, you know, one, I had her during the pandemic of all things. And, um, you know, I'll tell you what, I felt like, wow, good thing I went through what I went through the first time because the pandemic rocked me in the beginning being pregnant. And 
I was able to get to my, you know, peaceful place and that mindfulness because of all I had been through with my first daughter. And not only that, but I was able to have my V back, which is a vaginal birth after a C-section. And I, I did all these things that honestly, everyone said would never happen, especially during a pandemic. And they all did. So it just shows you how powerful we are, especially as women and shows you how powerful our minds are. So absolutely keep that in mind that, you know, you are that strong, you know, you are a warrior and you will take that knowledge forward into what you're doing. So I would love for you guys, you know, you talked about the baby and everything. So how old is your baby now? He's tomorrow. He's going to be 10 months. Oh, happy 10 months. So cute. it goes so fast. I'm like, I'm, I'm such an emotional wreck. My daughter's like almost 15 months. And I'm just like, how, like, I just had you during this crazy time. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's so crazy, but it, there's, there's such a blessing. So I would love for you guys to tell me a little bit about like the nursery and what you guys decided to do any like fun stuff that you've gotten to work on together, you know, with your little one. Well, the nursery, we actually got it with uh, the Storks Warehouse. Um, mm-hmm. I remember they came up to us and they uh, wanted to collab with the video and they actually built the nursery for us. Um, we built our first crib together, thanks to them. Uh, yeah. Actually, this room, we just took everything down since we were moving at the end of this month into a new home, but this used to be our nursery room and it was space theme and it was amazing since our son's name is Skyler. It was a sky theme, like kind of space, and it, it was so cool. It was a, the coolest nursery ever. It was all thanks to them, too. It was, it, it was a fun experience. And, I mean, now we're moving into a new house, and we're going to do a dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really want to get into, like, dinosaurs and T-Rexes and watch, let him watch Jurassic Park when he gets a little bit older, and hopefully he gets into it. Um, so maybe in the future we can go to, like, Hawaii and visit Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, I think like, um, yeah, some father-son bonding time. Um, but yeah, I mean, the nursery was was pretty cool. I, I actually liked it. It was um, it, it wasn't that. I mean, for for my first for my first son, it was it was a great experience. Yeah, and I never had a nursery before with my first son, um, so it was really cool to have one for my second one. That's so cool. So, Haiti, what were some of the like details of? the you know kind of space astronaut nursery like what was like why the theme what did you guys do like what were maybe some cool things like obviously we're talking podcast here but let us dream a little tell us a little bit like creating it you know vision wise like what you see when you walk into it well you would see right away you would see the wallpaper which was it was like black but with um astronauts and spaceships and planets yeah and then it was the crib, which was, it's white, and it has, like, little drawers. The the ceiling fan was replaced, and it was a rocket ship. Yeah, it was a rocket <laughs> It changed colors. It was so cool. It was really cool, yeah. And then they put in, like, this little fluffy um, gray rug, which is so cute. I still love it so much. And then they bought, like, um, it was um, a lamp, but it was, like, um, how do you call it? It was like a moon, but it with stars. stars. Yeah, and it, when you light it up, it projects it. It was super cute. The the curtains were also space themed. Yeah. Um, it, it, was, it was, yeah, as soon as you walked in and you turned on the light, it was, you know, you're automatically into a baby astronaut <laughs> going into space type thing. It was so cool. That's awesome. I love it. So you're just basically, we're walking in and taking off into space. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. So cool. Which I mean, I feel like nowadays everyone's like, yeah, take me somewhere else. So that's cool. <laughs> you walk in, you're like, take me to space. Awesome. I love it. Uh, um, so you guys obviously have such a you know huge following and continuing to grow. Um, what kind of baby collabs or you know fun stuff that are you guys have been enjoying or like brands or any kind of like projects you've gotten to work on? Could you maybe share that you've really enjoyed? And also, I would love for you to speak to like just, you know, watching your social media grow, what has that experience been like for you to see how much what you share is going viral? Like, you know, how your TikToks are just like taking off everywhere and, and, you know, your numbers are climbing, like, what's that all like for you? Well, recently we actually worked with, um, Sega video games and we promoted their Tokyo Olympics game. Um, so cool. Honestly, it was so cool working with Sega with, I mean, back in the day, you know, we had the, the Sega Genesis, which is the video game, and I used to play that as a kid, uh, which was the only one I had because I grew up extremely poor. So I would go to my next door neighbor's house and spend all day there playing with them. <laughs> so that's how it, it was. It's so cool. I mean, um, just have an opportunity to play anything related to promote anything related to the Tokyo Olympics was such an unreal feeling. Yeah. Um, that I mean, wait, when it comes to our social media. And in all honesty, it still has not hit us. It, it has not. We we talk about this so much. I think yesterday we hit 8.1 million on TikTok. We high-fived each other. We sat down. We ate some pizza. And we talked about our journey and our experience to where we're at. We, um, we don't know how we got here. We, all we know is that we love making people laugh. We... You know, we, we love putting ourselves in situations where we get mad at each other. Um, <laughs> and it's, I mean, for all for jokes and fun, I like waking up in the mornings and getting a notebook or even my phone on my notes and writing down ways I'm going to go ahead and prank her or ways I can, like, get a reaction out of her. And she does the same. And Even Jaden is starting to do Oh, man. Jaden, he has a notebook where he used to write your mama jokes. Um, <laughs> so many of them. And we would do so many your mama battles and stuff like that and it was so cool it's such a, it's such a crazy experience to where we're at yeah but the fact that how we started to where we at has never changed at all we we still use the same notepads we did I have a notepad that I could look back for three years <laughs> on every, every idea I've ever had uh, three years of ideas which is absolutely insane on how to prank her or get revenge on her or just stuff like that it's it's so crazy and we were sitting down and we were talking how it just doesn't feel like it i mean it, it's so cool that we were able to to quit our jobs and do this full time and it doesn't it's not a job it's it's literally us just living our life and sharing it which which is so cool and we, we were talking about how we don't know when it will hit us i mean we go out in public and we had people come up to us and take pictures and kids and they say how much they love our videos and they're funny. Mm -hmm. And if I actually sleep on the couch every time she gets mad on me, it's so crazy because after that, we look at each other, we smile and we're all like, what just happened? And we do that every single time because it, I don't know, it's just so unreal. It's unreal that we're put into a position where we're, we are where we're at, where we can uh, make a living out of living our own life, I guess. Um, and I don't know, I, I guess it, it still hasn't hit us. Um, when it comes down to making viral content, we don't even know. I mean, we, we literally just, just film for fun. And, and I guess if 
people see that, you know, that you're yourselves, you're true to yourselves, you, you know, you never change. Sooner or later, they follow you and they stick around and they all just become part of your family. So we have a pretty big family that loves us being us, which is, <laughs> I guess that's the only reason we are where we're at. Yeah. I love it. Well, I mean, again, you guys are so humble, but, you know, I think obviously a huge part of the fact that you're living your life authentically, like you said, you're just passionate about what you do. You're having fun and that's the content and how it's being created. And so that's fueling your audience and fueling the growth because people really should, you know, feel, I know when I look at you guys, like you really feel that, you know, authenticity, you feel the vulnerability, you know, you feel the real emotions and that's what people want, especially nowadays. People want real and they want to know that it's not some random person, you know, who's just doing it for their ego and doing it to get those kinds of partnerships. You know, they want to know they're doing it because they genuinely believe in it, you know, and they believe in what they're sharing and in what they're doing. And, and at the same time, we're getting to live their best life doing it. So, I mean, I think it's amazing, you know, and, and I love that you shared that you got to quit, you know, your jobs and do this. I mean, that's, you know, that's a real dream. And there's many people who I think, think that, you know, they can't do that. And I always tell people even when they reach out to me on social media, I'm like, look, once you find your why, the who, the what, everything else just disappears. And it sounds like for you guys, that's really, you know, been the case. You guys have just kept showing up because of why it's important to you and, and what the anxiety couple is all about. Yeah, and I know something that we do want to do, hopefully this year, I know it's hard with the pandemic, but we've been wanting to go to our local middle schools, elementary schools, because well, one thing about it that nobody ever speaks of is the business portion behind social media. I mean, mm -hmm. um, there, there's so much, so much opportunity to, for you to grow and just make this a living and do yeah. what you love to do, but there's so much business behind it. I mean, we had no clue what we were getting into when we did this. We had no clue we would get this big and we had no clue that brand sponsorships, um, all these people would come up to us and try to offer us money to promote their products. And we're still learning. Like um, we talked to other creators and um, they tell us like their side of how they make um, a living. And we're like, what? We didn't even know you could do that either. So we try it out. And it's just crazy though, because I, I told Scott, I'm like, I really want to go to the schools, to the middle schools and high schools, because um, I worked at a school before I quit. I was a TA and in uh, elementary school. And all the kids, they were always like talking about, oh, I just want to quit. I, I don't want to go to a college. I just want to do um, streaming or YouTube. And I would tell them, I'm like, it's not all about just not going to college and just doing that. Like you have to know the business that you have to know what you're doing you have to know um how to edit your videos and how to do um how to do like videography and all of that but, stuff and then also with business learn mm -hmm. how to talk to companies yeah um learn that you how don't to negotiate how to negotiate but also learn how to take care of your finances mm -hmm. um and that a lot of people rush to management companies where they take 20 30 40 percent of whatever they offer you um, but they could do that by themselves. So, you know, if they learn more about business, they go to college for business, they go to college for accounting, finances. Um, there's so much more into it. And you can go to college while still doing what you love to do while creating your content. Yeah. Um, so it's a win-win situation rather than having somebody run your whole mat, rather than having a management run your whole life, um, then that that pretty much avoids you from doing, you know, from doing so much. 
So yeah, I mean, so we want to go, we want to talk with them, you know, open up a little bit what it's like to actually live as an influencer and give the real news, like the, the, the real life behind it, instead of just sugarcoating everything and telling them everything is possible in life, <laughs> where it is possible, but you need to put the work behind it to yeah. make it possible. You have to go to college. Yeah, stay in school. Unless unless you're lucky enough to become one of those people that make a viral video and, <laughs> and become a millionaire after that, then, you know, good for you. If, if not, then yeah, you got to put in some work. Yeah, well, and I think regardless, you know, whether it's like formal education or going to college or doing something to get job experience that you guys are speaking to where you work for it and you understand different ways, you know, different organizations work and you get business and all that, you know, I love that you guys said that because I think there are so many out there on the social media space that are like, I just want to be a quote unquote influencer. I just want to be a this. And it's like, well, that's great, but you got to put the work in, in order to actually have that happen. And even I'm sure even for you guys, even with your viral videos, you're still putting in the work. It's not like you just sit back and relax. Like you're still constantly creating and figuring things out, which I would love before we wrap things up for you guys to maybe share like a little bit of like your every day, um, what are like a day in the life looks like with you guys, like just kind of mm -hmm. like what your routines are, like how you do come up with content, obviously without giving away too much of your, you know, magic, but I would love for you to little share a little bit of, you know, day in the life. All right. To be completely honest, this is, this is how our life goes, right? Um, we wake up around 11 or 12. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, no, what is it like late morning, early we afternoon? We wake up at 10 because that's when the baby wakes but up. But we, we take another nap. What um, a great baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so as soon as he gets fed around 10, we take another nap, probably 11 30. I'd say, you know, 11 30, let's just say 11 30. We get up at 11 30. We, uh, we, get, we make some breakfast. We start getting ready. We take showers. Um, after, after that, it's uh it's getting getting the baby fed um and yeah honestly honestly that's pretty i mean besides cleaning the house um it's watch your back because at any moment somebody could record you and you could get a you, you could become the next video um that i mean that's pretty much how it is to be honest we, we just we, we just live our day normally until someone decides to do a video. We we don't have a, in, like an entertaining life. I mean, probably the most interesting thing we do is probably take a trip to Target or Walmart, um, yeah. or if we decide to go to the mall to spice things up. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we we don't do much. I mean, we we're we're not at home couple. We do love taking trips. So any chance we do, I know it's hard with the pandemic, but anytime we we have the ability to take a road trip, we're we're leaving. That's it. We're we're in the car. We're gone. The the minute one of us decides to take a road trip, we're we're out. Um. But besides that, that's that's our day. I mean, we love watching shows. We love watching movies. We, you know, we we're just out. I mean, we're at home. We like going outside. You know, and we're able to go to a park, play some basketball. Um. Besides that, we're up. I mean, we probably fall asleep like around two in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um. But that's that's our day. I mean, we're we're not that interesting. We don't. <laughs> Too much. I mean, we're, we're we're a very very lame I guess um family but I mean the, the fact that you know even through all that you know we we have fun just in general I know it sounds like we don't do much right but just between us like if you were ever, ever like to spend a day with us you would see like how fun and outgoing we are even though you know we're, we're at home where we just take one trip for the day yeah. uh, but we're very fun outgoing our life isn't boring at all it's so I mean at, at the same time, we're at home and we got to watch our shoulders because the next thing you know, you see a camera up and you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? 
and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> what type of reaction she's trying to get out of me, or like, oh, like it's 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 fun. It's it's never gotten more boring the three years we've been doing this. It, I guess yet yeah, it gets more entertaining every single day because now all of a sudden we start stepping things up and we we start doing new things. You're trying new things and. It, it's fun. I mean, I, I, I love our life. It's fun. It's entertaining. Even though we don't do much or because of the whole mm-hmm. pandemic, if now we, I guess we'd be traveling and trying to go to California to collab with new creators or, or uh, other content creators and yeah. do oh, stuff. California's a mess right now, anyways. You're not messing out. Besides that, it's just the baby. He keeps us busy a lot during the day. <laughs> Yeah, what do you guys, like, I mean, I know, obviously, I have two little ones, like, you know, do you guys get inspiration off him? Like, where do you guys draw inspiration? Because I love it. Like, you guys are just laid back. You just like to chill and nothing wrong with that. Like, there's so many people who I think live very fulfilling lives and they keep it very simple. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, so many things. I just wanted to kind of hear, you know, a day in the life of like what it's like. I think it's amazing. Your baby sleeps till 10. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I would love for you like to, do you guys talk about like any inspiration you guys get or is it literally just, off the cusp all of a sudden you have a thought and then you go and video with the other person like you know what's that like um, I think it goes like yeah like we just think of something and then we're like oh we're gonna do it yeah I mean like, I, I'm, I'm gonna go and do it to him right now see if it I works mean, we we do get inspiration of, off, off of other content creators too like I, I spend a lot of time on TikTok also um because I like coming up with ideas too and and every time I see um, to see another couple do something with her with uh, with a girlfriend or whatever, I I like I like what they had and I like what they did and I make it my own and I always tag them you know to give credit for them because without them that idea that I did would not be possible. Um, so a lot of the inspiration does come from like um, from other other creators, but for like what's trending, yeah, for or what's trending. But I think that's only about ten percent because I think ninety percent of everything we upload is all original it's it's all original um all original pranks all original reactions um i know hey hey i once i tried sneaking into to read her notes to (laughs) to me and oh my god i i think she had about like i don't know like 200 different ideas written down on a notebook and i think she was only like at number 37 of what she had done to me and I got scared. I read like five of them, and I was like, "Yo, this, uh, yeah, I stopped reading them because they were pretty scary." Um, she, yeah, she's she sounds like she goes over the top. Um, it's fun. I mean, the reaction's amazing, but it's scary. It's scary. I mean, um, and with me too, it's it's also it's I have about three, four hundred um, ideas that I have yet to pick when I'm gonna decide to do them. And every day, it's like five, five, six different ideas written down coming up with different scenarios and it's just waiting for the perfect time to do them. And yeah, so I think with inspiration, it's just our relationship. We've been pranking each other since the beginning of our relationship. <laughs> it's, I have I have a video where like I dumped Dr. Pepper on like the second time she's she spent at my apartment. Um, I know. We, we, we've done all type of challenges since the very beginning and it's so easy when you're with somebody that loves what, what you do to just you know, come up with inspiration to keep doing it. I love it. When you say you guys have been pranking each other since the beginning, like, was that like legit? I imagine your love language from the minute you guys were together. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the very first thing we did is we, we watched the movie. So we went to go see it, 
um, the really first movie we ever went to go watch. Um, we said goodbye. The second time we met up at our apartment, so the official second day we ever been on, we did the spicy noodle challenge. Mm -hmm. We did the try not to laugh. Um, and I, and that's the day I pranked her by putting Dr. Pepper all over her when she was taking a shower. Um, <laughs> ever, ever since then, it's been nonstop. I mean, we just always pranked each other. We would buy small little gags. We would, we would I mean, it was never, uh, after that, we never really thought about recording anything. But it just became so natural and it was so fun. And we just the the how do you call it? The the laugh and the the feelings that we got after it and the share, yeah, just the, the share, the sharing of laughter mm -hmm. from it was what kept us going. And it just became a thing. It, it became our thing and we loved it. I love it. So awesome. And I love I love that, you know, you said that about the laughter, because like laughter is literally the best medicine and it's it can take care of anything. So I think that's so cool. And I, I love that you guys like just constantly prank each other as much as you said, you're laid back. I can't imagine actually walking into your place and it actually being laid back if there's constant pranks going on. So <laughs> I think, it, I think that's really cool. Well, I, you know, thank you so much for being here. Before I let you guys go, I would love for you to leave my audience with, you know, anything you'd really want them to know about, you know, you guys as the anxiety couple, you know, what your real why is, what your, you know, why you are doing what you're doing. And then of course, tell us where we can find you and follow you and plug yourself. Yeah. So I just wanted to say the main reason we continue to do what we do. And the main thing that has helped me in life is I, I stick by two things. One of them is a smile a day keeps depression away, which to, to me personally, since suffering with chronic depression, where at any moment I can go into one of those stages and just having somebody with you that is able to make you smile at any time or do anything to make you smile. And it, it changed my life forever. So because thanks, thanks to her and thanks to what we do and looking back at all our videos um, and looking at the laughter and the people saying that you know, they had a horrible day and we made them laugh or that thanks for the smile today. Those certain things is what keeps us going and it's it's what changed our life. And then also for anybody out there that has anxiety or depression or anything, just remember to fear no more. It's what I have tattooed. I have a fear no more with the mental health um, ribbon on me. And it just reminds me that no matter what happens in life and no matter um, what my panic attacks is telling me, my anxiety or what I'm fearing that day, just to not fear it and that everything will be okay to just continue living life and to continue to smile. Um, yeah, so um, <laughs> you, you can find us on TikTok, Anxiety Couple, YouTube, Anxiety Couple, Instagram, Anxiety Couple, 32, which they, we couldn't find the username for Anxiety Couple, so we decided 32 at the end. Um, yeah, if you, if you guys want to laugh, if you guys want something real, if you guys... Um, I don't know if you're if you're a step parent and you want to see some really cool um, step stepdad stepson type pranks and stuff. That's me and my stepson. Um, yeah, if you're just a couple, if you're a family, if you're a mom, anything in general, I think we fit. You know, we we check everything off. So if you want to laugh, um, go ahead. You want some cute moments? Go ahead and uh, watch us. I think you'll you'll enjoy it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, guys. And I love what you guys are doing out there, you know, for the world and all the laughter, but also normalization about so much of what goes on with our, you know, mental health and our well-being. And you guys, there were so many incredible gems in this episode, but I think if there's anything that you really can take away from this, it's like they said, it's, you know, not to allow that fear to 
creep in to continue to smile, to continue to work on yourself and know that things will get better and you will move through and make sure you laugh because it's so important to laugh. So I'll have everything in the show notes and cheers till next time, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes, and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.